0: Good morning. It's wonderful to be with you all see you this morning. My friend Patsy, how are you this morning? Just fine. Good. She's a good lady. Let's pray together as we begin. Father, thank you so much for, um, for you. You being our God, uh, our Father, our Abba, um, Father, being uh, everything. Uh, being our life, our hope, uh, Father, our sustainer. Thanks for loving us, caring for us so deeply. Thanks for always pursuing and leading, God. Thanks for including us in your kingdom and in your family. And, Father, we could say so many things, but thank you for all of that and so much more. And, Lord, thank you that we could be together this morning um, as your family, and I pray that we... um, that we have lifted you up and that we continue to lift you up. And, Lord, I'm praying that this morning uh, we just want to ask you to um, be with those uh, um, that, that we love so dearly that are hurting and we are thinking right now of, of Troy and his family and all the struggles that they have gone through and the heartache. And, and Father, we know that you know them and you see it all. And uh, you are the one with the strength and the power. And to pray that you would just draw near to them and carry them through. And Lord, we know that that would mean that we would draw near to them and that you could use your body to do what you do. And so, Father, remind them that we love them and that you love them and use us to do that. And, Fathers, we continue through this time. I pray that you would move me out of the way, that you would share with us, care for us, that, Spirit, you would move among us and encourage us and help us to draw nearer to you today. It's in your Son's name we pray. Amen. So, um, what if God made a promise and nobody cared? That's a good line, isn't it? It's a good lead-in. What if, what if God made a promise and nobody cared? It didn't matter to them, uh, to us. It just um, seemed like empty words that really didn't ring anywhere with us. It's, there's a lot of reasons for that. One, maybe we don't know Him very well. Another, maybe we are just... Disinterested or indifferent, or maybe we 've been so lulled to sleep by the things we see in our society today that that it 's hard to believe anything um, you don 't have to turn on your TV or listen to your radio very long, um, and you hear about trucks that can pull a bulldozer and a tank and a grounded cruise ship up a hill while being stood against by a one hundred car train and being attacked by an apache uh, helicopter, you know and they just keep going because it 's ram tough or it's a Chevy Silverado or whatever it is. They can withstand anything. And, John, that's a 100-car banana train, by the way, that's standing against that, that truck. And it's going anyway. Or a car that can drive at ridiculous speeds while hugging every curve. And you're, while you're getting thrilled, the thing you're thinking is, I, um, when am I ever going to be able to do this? My wife's usually with me when I'm driving, and she ain't going to let it happen. Or the state patrolman's going to find me, and I'm going to be invicted. I can't use this. A disappointment. Or the anti-aging cream, or the new weight loss uh, trip, or the health thing. Whatever it is, the new thing they're advertising everywhere, how we can have. and And then, and then the friends. You know, they... They, they encourage you, and they want to be there for you, and, 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 and they can't either. We're in this existence, and sometimes we fail one another, and we struggle. And so we take all this into our relationship with God, and when He speaks to us, so often it's all filtered through or seen through the lens of what we encounter every day with people and our experience with society through television, radio, or whatever the case would be. And... um and we're let down, or, and so we have no hope in what God would do. But but He made some promises. In one place, He says in John ten ten, He says the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But I came that you may have life, and have it to the full. He's getting at something here. He came that we could have life and have it to the full. And I would be interested, for sure. I think if someone offered me life, I think I might be interested in what they were going to follow up with, how I could get involved in that. And so I cho- I've chosen the text this morning, um, Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 12. You heard the scripture reading. Jesus makes some promises here. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Which one of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, for this sums up the law and the prophets." What if God made a promise and nobody cared? And in this passage, he's made several promises. He's encouraging us about something that we so want to be a part of. The problem is we have been so used to let down, and we are used to let down. And I know some of us, things may be rocking pretty well, but I think um, we get pretty used to being let down. And so we have no great anticipation of what God would really do or could do for us or is interested in doing or including us in. And so when he says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you, we're like, okay, whatever, um, ask, seek, and I've heard this before, I've done some of this before, I don't seem to be getting anywhere. And then he presses in a bit, he presses in a bit and he says, listen, I'm talking to you, I have life for you. I know what you're looking for in me, and this is what we often look for. We get in a crisis, or we get in some kind of trouble, and we start crying out or yelling out to God. It's like I needed some help the other day personally, and um, I had no idea this was going to happen, and I made a phone call, and the person who is typically there, three or four people that I usually would just go to were all busy. I'm like, wow. Man, I'm always there for you. I'm, I, I'm just thinking, wow, what, who's going to? And so then I make another call, so busy, and I'm thinking, well, this isn't going to work. What am I going to do? And just in walks someone so available, so useful. Not useful in a bad way. You understand what I mean. But I'm pressing, just pressing, pressing, and we're always asking God as if. He's just a... um. I don't know. It's like that arm machine that you put money in, you get, and you're trying to pick it up, and you can't. It, it, we're just we're just asking, give me, give me, give me, and, and and everything seems to be falling through our hands. But God's saying it's deeper than all of that. It's deeper than that. And I hope to explain it a little bit more in detail as we press along. But let's let's go to the next slide, Jacob. Let's start at the beginning here with what he's getting at in this passage. He says, "Ask, and it will be given to you." Ask, and it will be given to you. He, he has life he wants to give. You have something he wants to give to us, something he wants to include us. And in. he says, I have life. I came that you may have life and have it to the full in John 10, 10. Well, what would that be about, and how would I get involved in it? That would be pretty important to me. So he says, ask, and it will be given to you. And my, my mind automatically goes to how difficult it is for us to ask anything of anyone. I was um, talking with some college students the other day, well, it's been about a month ago, and we were talking through, actually, this text. And um, I said, so, if, uh, if you're going anywhere with your family, um, what is the first thing that's going to cause tension? And the girls, hands down, all said, when my dad gets us lost and won't ask for directions... Mom gets all uptight. I start getting frustrated. We say, just ask. You always tell us to ask. And Dad will never ask for directions. We don't ask for help. We don't like asking for help. We've lived in a society where we're a one-man show. We should have it all together. You should have planned for this. Well, if that's your mindset, I have a feeling you haven't lived well for very long. Because life takes a lot of folks living into you if you're going to get anywhere with it. God said that straight up front. We don't ask. We don't like to ask. We don't like to make ourselves vulnerable to other people. We don't like any of that. But Jesus, pressing into the kingdom, says you're going to have to ask. You're going to have to ask some stuff. I like being on the road trip with intermission students. It's funny. We go, we eat breakfast, and then we're pressing on through the day. And, and we, we might stop for a restroom once, and everybody's all, you know, yeah. But then the second stop, everybody gets really awkward with because nobody wants to be the one that we have to stop for. We're making good time and, and, uh, and we're driving down the highway and, and I see people like getting really antsy. I'm like, Any, everybody good? Yep, I'm good. Everybody's all right. Yep, okay. And I just keep driving and driving and they all got to go to the restroom, but nobody's going to ask. And we'll drive and I'm just going to drive for a while. I'm like, well, let's we'll just see how long it goes. And finally, I will ask again. Anybody need to, yes, I need to go. One girl. But every dude will get out of the van and beat the girl into the restroom. But none of them are going to ask to go to the restroom. We're a prideful bunch, man, and it runs really, really deep. A few years ago, I was taking intermission to a concert. And it was on a Thursday night. and It was like three and a half hours away. So I had to wait on the students to get out of class and take off. And we knew we were going to make it barely on time, if we made it on time, but it was a, a group that you just don't see around here very often. It was northeastern Ohio. So we took off. We're driving, 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 driving. Then we had to go on, off the main highways onto some back roads. And it was in a really small town, which was a cool venue. But um, as we were driving, we came upon uh, this these car, line of cars sitting at a railroad crossing. Ten, 12 cars, and, and, a, and a train had passed the highway and stopped, and they were like, 12 or 15 cars between the road and the, and, and the engine, and then this massive train, you know, out of sight the other way, and um, maybe a tenth, two-tenths of a mile down to the, to, the, to the engine, and I'm sitting here with the guys the, and the students and I'm going, man, we're not going to make the concert at all, and we, we sat for like 10 minutes, and so I said, well, I'll go see what's, you know, what these guys say is going on in line, what, what, what they, how long they've been here, and so I start walking along and talking to the, uh, to the people in the cars, and they're like, man, I've been here 20 minutes. Man, I've been here half an hour. Man, I've been here 40 minutes. The train sat right there the whole time. And so I think, well, I'll go see what's up. And so I walk down to the tracks and walk along the tracks and get to the engines. I don't know why you do these kind of things. You just do. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. He says, hey, man, how you doing? Doing well, thanks. Having a good day? I'm having a good day. I said, Good. Um, so, having trouble? And he said, No, there's a train on down the tracks here, and they've ran into some difficulty, so we just got to sit here until they can make it through. So, oh, well, um, I was just thinking. I have a vanload of college students, and we are trying to get to a concert. This is crazy, by the way. We're trying to get to a concert. And, um, and, we, and we barely had time to make it in the first place. Came from here, going here, and it starts in 20 minutes, and we're like 25 minutes away. I was just wondering, if you'd be interested in backing this train up and letting us through. And he said, sure. He revved up the engine and backed the train up. As I'm walking back, people are going, what did you say to him? I said, I just asked What did you say to him? I just asked. What did you say to him? I just asked. I got in the van and the college students are like, man, you're crazy. What did you say to him? I said, I just asked him to move. And he just backed the train up and we all passed through. We were... A few minutes late, but it's such a small venue that there were, so, there were so few people there. They just waited on some more folks to arrive. It's kind of like being at church on a Sunday or Wednesday night in some places. You're just waiting. Is anybody going to show up? And they're just waiting. And we had a great concert. We had a blast. And we, we, we don't ask. It's difficult to ask, you know. And it's fun to get with the students who are in the van at that time. And, and they're always like, hey, remember when? I'm like, man, God is really good. He tells us the truth. We, we need to ask. And there's a, 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 there's a promise involved. But if you don't ask, if you're not going to ask, what do you expect? Change is going to move when everything gets settled, right? We're not going to go anywhere until things just happen to work out the way that they work out. James 4, 1 through 3. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill, you covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. Then when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your own pleasures. You don't have because you don't ask. And he says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find is the next part of this I want to break down for a moment. Seeking is a really, really strong word. It, it isn't just kind of looking around or checking out something. It's, it's like fervent hunting. It's, if you remember the story of, the, um, of, the, of the, the treasure hidden in a field, the second part of that story is the merchant looking for fine pearls. And he's, and he's hunting and he's searching, and when he finds the one of great value... He goes and sells all he has. He sells everything so that he can have the pearl. He has been in pursuit of this thing. It puts me in mind of, of the movie National Treasure, how Ben Gates, man, my daughter loves National Treasure, by the way. There you go, Kendall. Um, she loves National Treasure, and she loves the story of Ben Gates figuring out all this stuff, You know, because it's going to change his family's history because they've been mocked and shamed that there is not. There's no, there's no treasure like this. And so he puts everything at stake. He, put, he, go, he goes against the law enforcement uh, officials. he all kinds of struggles day and night at great, um, great risk to himself. But eventually, this pursuit um, leads to the treasure, right? He finds this great treasure and rewrites history for all mankind and blah, 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 blah. Anyway... The pursuit, you know the story. He, 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 he's not going to breathe. He can't breathe hardly, and he can't do anything else, can't think of anything else. He's going to find this. He's, gonna, he's seeking that treasure. Matthew 6, the scripture says, but seek first the kingdom of God. Jesus is pressing earlier in actually this Sermon on the Mount, this text, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added to you as well. The things you need, he's, he's talked ahead of this verse He's talking about what you need, what, you, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. And he says, if you seek first the kingdom, you would have these things. In Jeremiah, 19, uh, Jeremiah 29, 13, God is talking to those who have been um, outcast, um, led away, taken into captivity. And he says to them, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Everything that you are, that's seeking. And Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find." And then a the third one. He says, "Knock, and the door will be open to you. Knock and the door will be open to you." I, I remember one day in college, um, I had come home for, I was home for the summer, and we were, we're going to uh, on a trip to King's Island with a bunch of the youth group. and, and um, I was, oddly enough, I was a little late. So I was pressing on, and I knew I needed to get gas, but I, I, I just thought I'd, I'd get it on the way home, knowing that probably um, everything's going to be closed, you know, when I get home, and uh, then I might be in a bit of trouble, but mm, whatever. So I press on, and I get there just in time, and we go to Kings Island and have a great day. And we come home, and we see everybody off with their families, back to their cars and home. And then I start in my car, and I'm driving home, and everything's closed. Um, no gas station open anywhere, and along the way, I ran out of gas. It's about 2 in the morning. It's pretty dark outside, and I am hmm, about 25 minutes from home. And so I uh, don't have a cell phone. I don't know that I even knew what one was at that time. Um, but I, I get out of my car, and I start to walk. And I come to this house, knock, 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 no answer. Now, this is embarrassing enough that I have run out of gas, but I'm at 2 in the morning trying to figure out, knock, 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 come on. I know you guys have been here for some reason. Maybe you just broke down. I'm sure you didn't run out of gas. You planned a little bit. Knock, 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 nothing. Another quarter of a mile. <laughs> and this older gentleman comes to the door and he said, What's going on, young man? And I said, well, I, I ran out of gas. And uh, I was wondering if I could use your phone because waking you up in the middle of the night is not enough. I need to call my brother because I'm not going to call my dad. <laughs> I'm not doing that. So I'll call my brother. He comes and, and takes care of me. Knock. Knock. Knock and the door will be open to you is what he says here. The difficulty is that we don't expect the door to be open. The first door, nobody's answering. Is there anything more embarrassing than knocking on a door and you know someone's inside and they're not going to come and answer? Well, maybe they're just, no, it's embarrassing, it's tough. Man, I am knocking on this and some say this knocking, and when they're talking about a progressive here, and I'm a progressive situation here with these, this progressive sequence asking will be given to you, seeking you will find, knocking the door will be open, and, and it's this idea that you're squaring up your shoulders and you're going kind of after God. And so you would this knocking would be like Mr. T, you know, I pity the fool, don't open the door for me when I knock on it, go kick it in, you know, and that's my Mr. T impression, by the way. That's what it's that's what, that's what taught. And I'm not saying necessarily that, that this pushing forward approach, this faith and this confidence is wrong. But Jesus says in Revelation 3.20, he's talking about knocking. And he says, here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And, and, and I don't sense here this kicking in the door. He's not going to do it. And I don't sense in this text that he's saying, Kick my door in. Bust in my house, man. Bust in the kingdom of heaven. I'll give you what you want. Overthrow me. And maybe on a different level, that's real. But he's saying, not the kicking in, but the progressively asking, seeking, and knocking. But the knocking, the knocking, there's something in there I want. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. I, I, I need in. I need shelter. I need you. I need what you have for me. Knock, and the door will be open to you. Back to the progressive thing. I think this text is talking, and actually, after, where would I go with this? Uh, reading, pressing forward praying, thinking, meditating, asking, I'm, com- I'm convinced this text is saying more than we typically want to say it says or feel convicted of saying it says, and, and often when I'm reading about this, it is that progressive thing that you ask, asking is with my words, and then seeking is I'm going after God, and I want him to give me this, it's, it's about a specific thing. I I need a car, I need a job, I need a, so I'm going to ask him for the job. And then the next thing would be, I would man up as a man and I would go hunt a job. And then the next thing would be, do is I'd go to that factory and I would say, I know you got a job and I'm taking that job. And, And I've heard it taught that way and I've read it a lot. And I just don't really think that's what it's saying. On some level, okay, maybe a deeper level, God's saying, show your faith, step into this thing. But I don't think face value, opening your scripture and reading through the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' introduction to the kingdom of heaven for us, I don't think that's what he's saying. And I think the text needs to be interpreted in context, and he's pressing the kingdom. It's the new student orientation if you're a high school or college student. It's your new job orientation if you've just gotten a new job. You walk into the place of employment and and they call you in uh, a couple of weeks ahead and they start training you. This is how we do things here. This is how it works. And Jesus is telling us in the Sermon on the Mount how the kingdom of heaven works. And you can start in Matthew 5 and go through Matthew 7 and all of it is completely against the grain of the world. And when you hear the word God is doing a new thing... This is what he's talking about. Completely different than anything the world has known before. Completely against the grain of your natural intent. Someone smacks you on one cheek, you punch him in the face. No. Someone, someone slaps you on one cheek, you turn the other cheek. Right? Someone asks for your clothes, you call the police. No, you give them and move on. Someone asks you to go one mile, you go two. It's a new thing he's doing. He's, 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 he's coming into the world, he's coming into the world in Jesus, and God is doing something different. And I really believe with all of me that this text is speaking something different and very simple. And I think being brilliant mankind that we make it really, really difficult. And here's, here's what I think he's getting at. Imagine you're homeless or an orphan. You have Nothing. And so you get up every day and you try to figure out how you're going to get something to eat, how you're, going to, how you're going to get something to drink, how you're going to have what you need to get through the day. And so you find a few kindly people that pass your way every day and you know, you've seen in their eyes that they're kind and they care. Um, put yourself at 14 or 15 years old. Seems a lot like it could be your grandpa or maybe your uncle. And so every day... You find yourself asking, I haven't had anything to eat today. Could you spare a few bucks? Give you a few bucks. Lunchtime comes around, I'm thirsty and I haven't had much. The other gentleman comes through and, Do you have it? Yes, I do here. And every day you're hoping just for a handout to get through the day. You don't have a home. You don't belong. You have zero identity except for that you're homeless and you are invisible. You don't matter. And then, one day, the man uh, pulls up beside you and, and, and just has a conversation. Asks you how you're doing, who your family is, which you don't know. And he begins to tell you about his family. Because you're in choir, you want to be nice. And he tells you about his kids, his wife, what the family looks like, how they function. And there's something in you, man, that's so hungry for that. Man, they're not. They don't go to bed hungry. They don't go to bed on concrete. They don't, they don't wonder what they're going to drink tomorrow. I bet they don't even ask. They just have it. And so this goes back and forth for a few days. And you begin to build more of a relationship, but you're still getting a handout. You're getting breakfast from one guy and lunch from another. And, and then one day, much to your surprise, this man that you've been sharing this conversation with says, why don't you come home and be my family? You don't have to ask for food anymore. You don't have to ask for something to drink. I will just take you in as my son. And all of a sudden, your mind starts to be blown with the thought of, wow, I don't have to ask what could that possibly mean? And, the, and, and you don't have a clue what it means until you settle in to the family. Because you can't comprehend what being homeless and orphaned and no food, begging for one meal at a time, could even, could even compare to a family, a home, and belonging basic needs being met, all the things you're hungry for, identity, you belong, who you are, what it speaks to you, the love you've been missing, all of those things. Suddenly those little trivial things you ask for that aren't so trivial, where where am I going to get something to eat? Man, mama's got food every morning. I have packed lunch every day. I come home to supper every night. And I go to bed and I sleep in a warm bed and I get up the next day and we do it all over again. And they love me. I don't... I don't have to ask for anything. It's all provided. But you need some new shoes, don't you? Yeah, it's provided. What happens with it's provided? He knows what I I need. We're in relationship. I mean, I can ask for things, and I do. I would like a new coat. Mine's getting a hole. Well, I didn't see that hole. Awesome. Yeah, let's take care of that. By the way, this is coming up at school and I need some money for that. I'll take care of that. Thank you. I did not know that. I think that's what this passage is really getting at. I think so often we act like orphan homeless children who don't belong. And we ask God for crumbs, and we ask Him for a snack, and we ask Him for a cold drink of water. And he says, don't you understand I've got a home for you? Don't you understand I've got a place for you to belong? Don't you understand that I have shelter and kindness and comparing everything you need I have? Why do you keep asking me for crumbs? Why do you keep walking around not belonging, not having a home, not knowing who you are? I know who you are. I will give you your identity. I will show you that you belong, that you're beautiful, that you're loved, that you have a home. I've seen too many people hurting because they don't know where they belong. They don't know who they are. So they sell themselves, their lives away just for another chrome and trying to make it through. This scripture is not about, I want something, so I'm going to ask, boom, and I'm going to seek, boom, and I'm going to knock down the door because I pity the fool that don't open the door for me. He's saying the same thing three times. That's what I'm fully convinced of. Three different ways. You can take it how you want. You can tell me I'm wrong. We'll study, and you can help convince me. But I think Jesus is just sitting down with the folks and saying, Hey, listen, I've got something for you. Ask, seek, knock. I'll give it to you. You'll find it. I'll open the door. It's not difficult. It's the kingdom of me. The kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of, of his son. It's the kingdom. You can't bully your way into the kingdom. It can't be the way that it works. Ask. I'll give it to you. Seek. You'll find it. Knock. The door will be open. I think he's saying the same thing. Three different ways, and then he says, "So which one of you, if your son asks you for bread, will give him a stone? Or if you ask for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give, give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him?" Luke says, um, "The Holy Spirit to those who ask Him," pressing a little deeper to what. We might be talking about here. You're evil and you know how to give good things. You're not, your son asks for bread. You're not, here's a rock. Chew on this. I'm sure it'll hold you over till supper. And we'll go to the dentist, by the way. Or if you ask for for, um, a fish, you're going to give him a snake. Mama's going to love this when she comes home. No, you don't do that. And if you're evil and you know how how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Good gifts, stuff. No, good gifts. The kingdom, belonging, purpose, life. That's what he's talking about. And thank God he doesn't leave it here, but he presses it a bit deeper. So in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. If you guys would hit the next slide, please. So, in everything, do unto others as you would have them do unto you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. We've heard this thing um, presented a lot of popular ways do unto others before they do unto you, do unto others because they're probably going to do unto you, or my favorite do unto others and then split. That's how we think. Someone's out to get me. I'll get them first. That's not what he's saying. He says, So, in everything, do unto others as you have them do unto you. This sums up the law and the prophets. This text, we call the Golden Rule, isn't uh, something for a greeting card. It's not something to put on your mirror and look at every day and think, Okay, now I'm going to do unto others as I would have them do unto you me. I'm going to have a great positive disposition. I'm going to be kind and nice. It's not a platitude, it's not a nice greeting, it's not cliche. It's supposed to be seen in the light of what's happened before. God has invited you into a kingdom that's doing something new in the world. He's turning things upside down. He's renewing. He's blessing. He's he's, he's shown up. And he says, In light of all I've offered you, I've offered you a purpose, a home, a place, life. In light of all that I've offered you, and I'm offering you. That's why the so. So in everything. I want you to do the same for everybody else. What do you mean, do the same for everybody else? Well, Jesus is the ultimate Good Samaritan. Right? He is the Good Samaritan. And so when the man's beaten and left beside the road and the priest and the Levi passed by and the Good Samaritan shows up, he didn't. <laughs> He didn't think, well, this guy's never done anything for me, so I'm probably not going to help him. He thinks, and he puts himself in the position without even thinking about it. Just so natural. What would I want someone to do for me if I were in this spot? How would I want someone to care for me? No, he doesn't even have to go there. That's right. That's right thinking, but that's not what he's thinking. He's thinking, I'm just going to help this guy. Not concerned for any danger of his own, and he he does wonderful things for the man. And creates a situation for his healing. And Jesus did the same for us. And he offered us a place when we didn't belong. He offered us life when all we had deserved is death. He offers us identity when we don't have identity. And then he says, and so in everything you do for others. Man, they really ticked me off. They treated me really bad today. Well, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. They keep gossiping about me doing to others. No, it's deeper than that. Can you imagine if you were the one begging bread uh, at a street corner? I wonder what you would hope people would be thinking about you when they drove by. We'll work for food. You might have that sign one day. God forbid. But I wonder what you would hope people would think. I know what you don't want them to say. I know what you don't want them to do. You don't want them calling the cops. You don't want them saying, well, they're just going to buy a big screen TV with that stuff. You would hope someone would just get past all the talk and help you out. What if you're going through divorce? What if you were addicted to some type of substance? Chase it on out. What if you, what if you, what if you, what if you, what if you? What if you you were a preacher, (laughs) a speaker, a worship leader, an elder or a deacon? What if you're a church guy? What do you wish people would really believe about you? The scripture is really powerful because Jesus is pressing in on us to look at all he's done for us, all he's invited us to be a part of, and he says, I want you to take it to the world. I want you to do something different. They're always stepping up and being rude, always stepping up and being selfish. They're always expecting the worst. I want you to do something different. I want you to breathe life into these situations. Do first and do what you would have them do to you. Not well. Um, I've got a good bank account. I've got. I've got. So I don't need anything. So I'll just move on. I don't need him to do anything for me. That's not what he's talking about. In everything, every situation, that takes knowing some folks, man. That takes caring for folks. That takes really getting to know Jesus and what He's trying to do in the world, so that He can be you in those situations. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives, and he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, the door is open. Who of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or asks for fish, will give him a snake? And if you, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more am I waiting to give to my children? So in everything... Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Be me to the world. Bring love and life to the world. This sums up the law and the prophets. Heard us somewhere before. Wait, love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And oh, yeah, love your neighbor as yourself. Funny how the scripture fits together, isn't it? Man, Jesus would set the world on fire with you guys. I know you. But he would set this church on fire in the minford community for sure and that's what we really want to get after right he'll deal with the world and he is dealing with it let's pray together father thank you so much for this family thank you so much for your truth and father i confess that i have been the guy that's always saying give me give me give me and trying to press away into figuring out how to get what i want instead of realizing that you have already given everything we could imagine ever dream of, ever need. And Father, I pray that you would encourage all of us with this this word today. I pray that you would bless our day, our afternoon, and just keep drawing us near to you.